to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello, welcome to episode 217 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Chris. How's it going? Yep. Uh, good, <laughs> good. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Just yep. Yeah, it's going good. It's going all right. It's going all right. We're um, recording this on Valentine's Day, so of course Chris is going to have a really in-depth story about his Valentine's Day trials and tribulations, I'm sure. I saw a, I saw a, um, a picture of a best before date on, um, on Facebook. Okay. Of the um, 14th of February, and it says underneath, that moment when you realize your milk has a Valentine's date and you don't. <laughs> oh, I thought it was good. Very good. Hey, uh, just a little, uh, you know, let's talk about Valentine's Day, and re- we talked about refrigerating last week. Yes. So you don't need to own a fancy fridge to actually take part in it. Uh, it's just on their website, refrigerdating.com, and I signed you up to it. Oh, shit, I have to clean my fridge now. No, 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 don't worry about that. I already took a photo of your fridge. Oh, no. I said, don't worry, there's only... Sam and I do have uh, separate fridges for those of you uh, keeping score at home. It's all good. Uh, There's hardly anyone on it, Chris. Uh, There was uh, like five women from Sweden... And, and one of them had a fridge that was completely full of, like, one-litre milk containers all stacked on their side, but I don't actually know what the product was. So it was good. Uh, your <laughs> Semen. Uh, no. Your, your description said something like, don't worry, half of this is my flatmates, and uh, something about a cat. Anyway, I'm sure it came across fine. Fine. You didn't have to put in my email address or something with that. No, I'm using the chrisandsampodcast.com email address because you have to... It just It's so weird how they've set it up. It just says, please put in... Because it's just a website form. It says, please put in your contact details, either email address or phone number. Phone <laughs> number? Yeah, no. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't do great. that to you. Uh, okay. I just put the email address because they might come and check out the chrisandsampodcast.com. Hello, cool, cool. if you are coming from refrigerating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm the one that the fridge is of. Uh, my name's Chris. I'm uh, 52 years old this year, and <laughs> I, um, I, I love walking on the beach, I guess. I don't do it. No, I, it I, like I said you had a decrepit cat or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Accurate. All right. Okay. So, uh, what do we got here? I've got so much stuff. I know, and we could so probably cut. Stuff. We probably cut out some of it. Oh, I got to tell you, have you heard Donald Trump's new idea? Yeah. Donald Trump spoke to reporters on the twelfth of February, suggesting they should start a new tradition in the U.S. where they have fireworks and a parade on the fourth of July every year in Washington. He thinks it could catch on and happen everywhere in the states. That's right. Like that was that wasn't a joke. That really happened. Yeah, but he sort of he didn't say it like that. He sort of he's still building upon that idea of when he went to France and had a parade, and he saw that really good military parade. Yeah, um, and he wants to do this, uh, and he was going to call it something American or something Independence Day. No, no, it was like celebrating America or something, and it was very similar. And they they sort of said. Actually, we've already got all these, obviously, big parades and stuff. But he said it's a cost-cutting measure because we've already got these other fireworks. So, What a weirdo. 
Um, bonsai. So you're the green thumb person. Have you heard much about this bonsai thing in the news today? Uh, oh, it was the other day. Something about it being stolen and they yep. said, please water it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a Japanese couple have gone public with detailed instructions of how to care for little trees after the thieves stole seven trees from their house in Japan. With at least one tree over 400 years old, um, the bonsai trees that have been stolen worth a considerable sum. There was a figure, I can't remember what it was, though. Um, however, the expert and bonsai enthusiast that was being interviewed said the bigger threat is that they will die. So exposure to summer sun or letting the roots dry out, so if they're not watered regularly, could see a tree die in a weekend that yeah. is being cared for for 400 years. And so if, if these trees, you know, a couple of these trees are worth being around 400 years, yeah. usually it's a generational thing. So these people who have had them stolen have been looking after these trees every day of their life. Yeah. So I used to live with one of the top bonsai growers in New Zealand. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And he didn't actually look after him every single day. And he had some pretty good ones. But that tree, I can probably guarantee, would have been stolen to order. That A bonsai grower would have stolen that. It's yep. not a ravaged person. Because it happened here in New Zealand. They still... They wow, still, still, the yeah. shady underground world of bonsai. Yeah, it's a pretty... Yeah, once people are in that world, um, like that... Like, that would have gone to a collector, but that person can never, ever show anybody that tree. Like, the Bonsai magazine, the New Zealand Bonsai magazine that comes out is such a rich, picture-focused magazine with so much detail, and it was, like, 100 pages long, and I think it came out four times a year. Really, oh, actually, no, it was International Bonsai magazine, that one. Full-on, like, really next-level stuff. Oh yeah, so but I would have if, never have known anything about it, right? Before, so, you know. so a real enthusiast would see that tree and go, "I've seen that before." Oh, and be able it, to look through the magazine that, and go, "It's that one." Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that yeah, that's exactly it. Noel used to do that. He could just go and he'd tell you everything about this tree. He goes, "This tree here is ninety years old." So you had it when you were see, a kid. I, I didn't know that they would that they got that old. I didn't realize they they were around that long. Yeah, like no, even that ninety years would have blown me away. Exactly, that's crazy. Okay, all right, cool. So you are across that. That was I'm across it. Yeah, I read that. I found myself agreeing with Mike Hosking this week, and I don't know how I feel about it. Oh, okay. That's um, yeah. Okay, you're a weirdo. Oh no, actually, no. T- <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> tell you about it. Okay, so. He's basically said he thinks the Employment Relations Authority has lost their freaking mind. Okay, give me more background on that. What a is woman the- goes to a cafe for a job. They like her. She likes them. She works for a day. She's unpaid. It's an unpaid trial. She doesn't ask them if she's getting paid, and they forget to tell her she's not getting paid. Right? So at the end of it, they say, oh, you know, sorry, it, we for whatever reason, we're not going to employ you. Whatever. Okay. So they come back, the ERA, and they go through the tribunal thing. So she says she was unfairly whatever. Dismissed. Dismissed, whatever. And now, I swear these bloody... So ultimately, they had to pay her a day's pay. Yeah. She got $119.07 for the day work, $1,890 for four weeks' notice that they didn't give her, and then $7,000 compensation. She got over $9,000. That's stupid. That's what Mike Hosking was saying. He said, how do you get to that figure? 
why it makes no sense. Well, I mean, first of all, for Mike Hosting, it's, it's not a full day's wage. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yes. you know, occasionally he sort of feels like he's trying to pretend he knows what an everyday he, he person goes through. He knows what a human through. is. Yeah, um, yeah. No, no, that is, that is really silly. Okay. This other thing happened. We're on a roll here. I was just <laughs> well, while you're angry. <laughs> while I'm angry, so well because I can ask you. You you've been married, yes. and there's an amazing photo of Chris's wedding photo somewhere online. Uh, yes. So, Did you put it online? Oh, uh, yeah. Posted on the Facebook page. Oh, okay. Because right. uh, yeah. Anyway, go check that out. Chris, uh, Facebook.com forward slash the Chris Sam podcast. A woman in Christchurch. Advertised on Facebook and said, is there anybody out there like a student that would like to take some wedding photos for me for free? You can do whatever you want. Take whatever you want. I just can't afford to. That just sounds like a bad, bad idea. Just straight away. Just a bad idea. But anyway, Karen. No, no. So, you know, if you if you don't have the money, but you'd like some photos, I think it is a great idea because as long as you don't care how the photos turn out. You're helping these students, potentially. Yeah, but it's the way you ask for it. But carry on. Okay, carry on. Tell yeah. Me. So anyway, she gets a whole bunch of negative comments. A Christchurch photographer started going really bad and said that if anyone sees her, they should whack her. He said... Um, okay, no, that's that's wrong. That's, yep. Yeah. So then he followed up with threatening notes via Facebook private messages and, uh, yeah. And she doxed him, so nobody's going to use him again. Well, her, her uh, fiancé called the photographer who didn't answer but responded with very abusive messages. 50 messages on her partner's phone, and they kept coming. He said he might even threaten He threatened to maybe even turn up to the wedding. So, uh, yeah, that guy's crazy. So she's actually managed to get two friends who are two students, and they're really looking forward to uh, helping her out. Yeah, okay. So, right. I didn't pay a a wedding photographer for those photos. I had a friend who was an amateur photographer to do it. I know. So, so, so yeah. From that point of view, what I where I thought that story was going was somebody had you know uh, created these things and put Teletubbies in with them, or I don't know, you know, some random thing for a laugh, and she's upset about it. But no, no, no. So um, she's realistic. Okay, all right. No, but maybe. But that photographer's an idiot. And I mean, if if he can't see. He, he's obviously adding no value at all. He's a total freaking commodity. Imagine, so he's a waste of breath. He is. He sounds like a terrible person to employ. Yeah. Imagine him at your wedding and he'll be like screaming at you because you've done you've looked the wrong way or sounds something. Sounds like my marriage celebrant. Okay. Did I tell you about that? I don't know. Tell okay, me so so we had the um the Botanic Gardens for an hour. Yeah. Um, it, because it was raining. It was okay. November. Yeah. That's uh, an omen. Yep. It was raining a little bit, so we were in the, what do they call it? The Begonia House at Wellington um, Botanic Gardens, and we had it for an hour, and my now ex, my bride-to-be, was yeah, late. Yeah. Like, really late. Like, the people were turning up for the next wedding late. And, that um, might explain the wedding photo that I've seen. Yeah, well, uh, there was a bit of stress. So uh, the marriage <laughs> celebrant called Chris. me over and I thought she was going to be like, oh, I'm really sorry this happened to you. How are you okay? She was like, if I'd known that you were going to be pulling this sort of shit on me, I wouldn't have, been, <laughs> I wouldn't have taken your job. Will, is she coming? I'm like, obviously I'm under no stress. 
uh, pretty much exactly like that. Um, let me find out. So I rang Ellen and said, um, are, are we still okay? getting married yeah. or are we meeting at the pub? And she said, I'll be there shortly. We're on the road. And um, yeah, so it happened late. But yeah. That's a I, terrible. I, I, yeah. I wanted to punch the celebrant. Well, and I didn't want to punch her, but she was. Close. That was. That was dumb. She put it this way: she wouldn't have got a good review on Yelp if that was around back in those days. Yep, that's right. Um, I've got to talk about this because I've got so much research put into this. I know it's something's wrong. I know the National Enquirer story. Do you know about it? Have you? I know a little bit about it. Okay. So I was researching, because I spent a lot of time figuring out what was going on. Now, I think most people know what's going on, but I'm going to go through it anyway. So Jeff Bezos is getting divorced. What I didn't realize was Jeff Bezos was getting divorced because National Enquirer um, doxed his his texts from his phone into a story, and that was the supposedly or... Possibly the trigger for it was about an extramarital affair. Like two weeks later, he announced that he was getting a divorce, right? So, is this a normal story? This is all part of it. Okay. Um, And when he announced his divorce, President Trump sent out a tweet. I'll quote So sorry to hear the news about Jeff Bozo being taken down by a competitor. The competitor in question is the National Enquirer, and Jeff Bezos owns uh, Washington Post. Slightly different levels of playing field there, just saying. But anyway, uh, taken by a competitor whose reporting, I understand, is far more accurate than the reporting in his lobbyist newspaper, the Amazon Washington Post. Hopefully the paper will be soon placed in better and more responsible hands, right? Yeah. Jeff Bezos then goes on to hire investigators because he's like, hey, wait up. How did anyone get anything off my phone? Now, for the average guy, that might be a, oh, somebody got something off my phone. Jeff Bezos has a, is, is A, the richest man in the world, yep. and B, has a technology company, and he has people doing his security. So he's like, how did anyone get anything off my phone? So um, the uh, investigators said the only way that if it's been done externally, it's a government level um, hack. Hack. It, th- there is a chance that it's been gotten because the most obvious way to get it is somebody is close to him, grabs it, borrows it, clones it, right? Yeah, physically yeah. grabs it. But if it's an external hack. Then it's 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 government level because there's that much security on his phone, which you'd expect, right? He's a rich man in the world and owns a tech company. I guess so. Yeah. Well, but, you know, you, know. you never know. Um, so anyway, so he's got the investigators. He starts talking about no, 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 no. Something's going on here. The National Enquirer is doing something dodgy. The National Enquirer then um, calls him and says, or. I think it was the editor or something from the National Enquirer, calls him and says, stop um, stop investigating, publish this no issue, um, or we'll, um, we'll have to take further action on. And he goes and meets with his guys, and they didn't. <laughs> they took so long to respond to this message or phone call that the um, National Enquirer editor emailed him, just like the dumbest thing ever, if yeah. you are going to, if you are going to blackmail somebody, yep, if you're don't to 
email them. Don't want that paper Jesus. trail or digital trail. Um, and basically, uh, the email um, says to cease investigation and publish uh, a certain phrase it said, but basically that there was no um, issue on, on behalf of the National Enquirer, yeah. or they will publish 10 graphic images from his phone. And they then went on to describe the 10 images, including one of him naked. Yeah. So, yeah. at risk to himself, and you know, because it's not an ideal thing to have happen, he publishes it all on a medium.com blog. Yep. Apparently, um, it's a really long blog post. Yeah, because he's got the whole thing and his stuff. I haven't read the whole blog post, so I will be fair. So, that puts it right out. Now, what's interesting about this is that the National Enquirer, its owners, its uh, and certain officers within it, are all covered under a non-prosecutorial deal when they, um, in the uh, special investigation into the Trump thing, right? Because of the Cohen um, thing. Okay. So because Cohen made payments on behalf of Stormy Daniel, and that payment came from the National Enquirer, the National Enquirer, um, they said, look, we're going to, you're going to be in this... um, legal action but if you cooperate we'll do this non-prosecutorial deal and basically you have to tell us everything dodgy you've done yeah and everything you tell us about will be in here as and it'll be covered and you you will not be prosecuted for any of that stuff and come clean basically so they did that and they signed that now one of the standard clauses at the bottom of that is um don't do any other illegal stuff for three years from the date of the signing. Okay. If you do, we this becomes null and void, and we can um, now prosecute you on any of this stuff, including the stuff we didn't know about but you told us about because that's the whole point of oh, right. coming clean. So this is three months after that was signed, which is why they were freaking out. Um, that's, that's what uh, seems to be the case. And so now the Southern District of New York, which is the outside, uh, this is uh, outside of the special investigation. Yeah. And they, they're like the go-getters, the pit bulls of the American justice system at the moment. Um, they're the ones that got Cohen um, put away for a longer period of time when Robert Moore was like, oh, no, you're going to let him off. No, they went, nah, nah, he did some stuff. Nah. And he went away for three years instead of like three months or whatever, so anyway, um, so Pecker, David Pecker, is the uh, owner of uh, AMI, the American media that owns the um, uh, National Enquirer, is now in jeopardy with the su- and being investigated by the Southern District of New York. So um, how stupid is that? So the question is that, but why would they do this? Why would they go after Jeff Bezos? One theory is that... President Trump just doesn't like Jeff Bezos and got his mate David Pecker to do give him hassle, and that's why he tweeted it straight oh, away. Okay, but I think that's unlikely. I think he just is opportunist, the president, and as soon as he saw that he was in trouble, he just jumped on the tweet. And that the more interesting thing is, AMI had been wooed by the Saudi government. The Saudis um, have been buying up, so they bought they've bought into. Vice, um, The Independent, which is a, a, 
uh, British uh, newspaper. Yeah. So they're buying all these media things or buying into them or partnering with them, as they say, um, so that they can um, get better press out there because the Saudis are not in a good press situation right now. And they just paid, I think it was $45 million or maybe it was $450 million, I can't remember, uh, into uh, AMI and got into the National Enquirer about a month before this. And, of course, the Washington Post, they um, were the guys that employed Khashoggi, however you say that name, the guy that got killed but in the Saudi embassy oh, yeah. and murdered. So the Washington Post have been going after the Saudis all this time because it's like, our reporter's dead, we don't, we don't want to let the story die, rah, 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 so they keep hassling them. And so they think the Saudis made the National Enquirer hassle Bezos to give him grief so that he um, will drop the story. It's just a huge conspiracy. This is the sort of stuff. There's like a James Patterson novel or something. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's all real. Uh, If you haven't zoned out and you're still with us, uh, maybe it's just they want clickbait articles. Yeah, so I read something came through. I don't know where I read it now. And they were just saying... They probably do this with a lot of people, and Jeff Bezos is the guy that can just defend it, and that's what he's done, and he's going to do. And he's got the money and resources, and see I like how it my goes. version better. Anyway, okay, moving on. I see you got the spam email that I got. Oh, did you get it as well? Yeah, I got it like months ago, decided not to talk about it. Okay, no, let's not talk about it. It's quite long. Um, yeah, no, don't read but it. But um, I've had a few. That's pretty clever, eh? Thought, well, yeah, yeah. Why do I think this one was worth keeping? Because um, it said they'd taken a photo of you on your webcam playing with yourself. I wanted to say, you are a big pervert. Your fantasy has shifted far away from the normal course. I'm like, no. <laughs> if anything, it probably needs to go that way. Well, yeah, <laughs> Just yeah saying. pretty much. After that, I made a screenshot of your joys using the camera of your device and glued them together. It turned out amazing. You are so glued spectacular. Glued them together? That's what it says. Oh, no. You are so spectacular. Uh, no, okay. I, got a, yeah, I don't think mine's it, it was that. I got the better like, version. I, I've heard the better version. This one was silly. So I was like, Glued yeah, whatever. it together. What's he doing? Printing them out one by one. And then he's going to have like a photo montage of you. Yeah. Thanks. No. Yeah, okay. But anyway, so, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that was... Um, Oh, I, I like this bit. P.S. You are not my single victim, so I, I guarantee you that I will not disturb you again after payment. This is the word of honour of a hacker. Oh, goody. <laughs> Good, yeah, go away. I'll take that. Oh, just like, oh, my God. And then, oh, finally, do not hold evil. I just do my job. Have a nice day. <laughs> oh, okay, you know, you... You definitely got the better version. Mine was straight to the point. Mine, mine was very business-like. Oh, no, I had a, a couple of those ones. This one, I, I went, oh, that's hilarious. I'm going to grab that one. Anyway, that's okay. Um, what was I going to say? Um, Would you name a cockroach after, like, your ex and then see it fed to another animal? It's big business. All these zoos are, like, naming animals and stuff, and there's one doing uh, name a cockroach um, for a small fee. And then uh, they just uh, feed it to someone. So naming a cockroach at the Hemsley Con- Conservation Centre in Kent, England, you can uh, pay two dollars seventy uh, to do that. It's fifteen bucks if you're at the Bronx Zoo, or ten bucks at the Wesselman Natural Nature Society in Indiana. Uh, you can well, also- my ex is in the UK, and it is the cheapest <coughs> one. I could name a cockroach you could. after her. You could. But- 
You could uh, also pay the name ferrets, cuttlefish, naked mole rats. <laughs> how how bad do you have to hate someone to do a naked mole rat? I don't know, but I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> and it sounds pretty good in this certain likeness. Um, Frogs, flamingos, snakes named few. The Smithsonian National Zoo has been selling honorary names for its tenants since 2013. Uh, there's 10 or $20 tiers. You get a little certificate to say that you have uh, got this honorary name. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I think it's good. Anything that makes a bit of money for the conservation side of things, because I heard today, yes, the incli- uh, decline of insects. Forty percent of the species of insects on the planet are on the decline, with one third entering endangered status. Yeah, the challenges they face include oh. environment, urbanisation, deforestation, and climate change. We need to warm the earth up, folks. Butterflies and moths are expected to disappear first in the next ten, twenty years. Um, with significant impact loss from insect loss being f- um, felt around twenty one twenty, which I'm not going to be around, so who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the spirit. That is. That is. So yeah, that sucks. Actually, talking ab- talking about was, that wasn't very upbeat at all. No, <laughs> no. Uh, so IKEA is opening up in New Zealand very soon. And according to some conversation I had with you, they're thinking of doing a uh, subscription service for furniture. Yeah, the subscription service isn't going to be happening in New Zealand. They're going to be trialling it in Europe. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what country now. But but it's because everything's going subscription. Nobody, well, people don't tend to own CDs anymore. They have Spotify account or whatever, right? They don't buy uh, DVDs so much anymore except our friends who are nutters for things like that. But they tend to have a Netflix account, right? Yeah. Um, so IKEA is jumping onto this and it's going to say, well, you can rent the furniture, which I can I imagine on, people doing that. I could do that. I mean, I'd be happy to do that to a, to a degree. Um, I mean, yeah, that's right, to a degree. It depends on what it's... Yeah, yeah. Well, th- there's a couple of things. I can imagine people in a upmarket thing, uh, you know, apartment... Yeah, apartment in New York or whatever. It doesn't have to even be that flash. But um, where they go, right, once every five or six months, I'm going to change the furniture. Mm. And I've got the subscription, so I just send the old ones back and get new ones and stuff like that. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, And if the price is low enough, it makes sense at the lower end of the market as well to go, I've got to spend, you know, 1500 bucks on a lounge suite. But if it's only going to cost me five bucks a month, or because uh, honestly I have no idea what the price is, no, I then don't I'll, either. Then I'll um, and I'll go with the, then the that I be- IKEA I, option. I bet they. I assume that the stuff that comes back, they donate or do something special with. Well, I don't know, the, or there was there was it. talk about what sort of state it was in when it came back, and if that how that would work but the, there was no definitive answer on it so mm. I didn't I left that out but yeah I think it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see how that goes but what else could we do that way right appliances well you can rent appliances now yeah that's true yeah podcasts they're free though yep at the moment at the moment so what's the deal um, you're talking about Spotify maybe making a play to get podcasts to the point where they People pay for them? Oh, just opinion on uh, one of the websites, but Spotify has put in a bid to buy out Gimlet Media and uh, for $270 million and also anchor the free uh, podcasting sort of platform. Yep. 
and they think that uh, Spotify is currently in the position of where early Netflix was and Spotify needs to start making their own special content and right. have that bundled, and driving it onto their platform have that bundled in with their subscription model mm, yeah okay that'd be cool um, I'm not sure that it'll mm, go that way I'm, I'm a bit surprised about that so you heard about um, earlier this week the Pope uh, no uh, talked about or admitted that some nuns have been subject to abuse akin to sexual slavery no, this, is, this is a good story, this is a, good story. no it's not it's terrible <laughs> Anyway, a story is. I have just to edit stuff out so our rating stays the same for iTunes. Conveniently appeared about Joan, a 14th century nun who escaped. She faked her own death. They worked out in all this um, forensically going through the, the, the parchments and stuff. Cool. She faked her own death by creating a dummy which looked like her. I don't know how you do this, right? Paper and, mash. And it re- received a religious burial. So, like, oh, she's dead. I mean, but anyway, um, in Joan's case, the story wasn't that she was there for abuse. She left supposedly, but I think this is totally. Um, they could just make it up. No one's Yeah, exactly. I think they're making it up. Um, propaganda, that's the word I was thinking of. In Joan's case, the story says she left the order because she no wanted no longer wanted celibacy and wanted a life of carnal lust. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> that pretty much sounds like the bishop's uh, words, not hers. Um, and back then, nuns had to be volunteered into the order, but this was often done at the age of 13 with a fair bit of pressure, so the voluntary things a bit, quote, unquote. There you go. Very good. That brings us to the end of the podcast. I, oh, hope, I hope I hope you're not depressed now. No, I hope everyone's having a great weekend. <laughs> when this episode comes out, I will be at the Weekbix Kids Triathlon with my giant banner flag thing that I finally got. <laughs> but I've just I've only just noticed Chris's t-shirt that he's wearing. It says weekend forecast, mostly drunk with a chance of scoring. Now, there's one of those statements isn't true. <laughs> You decide. And one of them is very true. This was bought for me by Carolyn. She got, she saw this T-shirt and went, that's Chris's. And, yeah. And she bought it for yeah. me. It's not something I picked out myself. Fair enough. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Make yeah. sure to check out the website, thechristandsampodcast.com. If you're signed up as a Patreon patron with us, you'll get uh, access to other little bits and pieces. So the patrons found out earlier on, like Monday that uh, I'd already subscribed you up to refrigeradating.com. So that'd be... Jeez, I need to become a patron. That'd be hanging out. Well, I could give you the login... (laughs) I could give you the login details, but that would just... uh, Ruin your Complicate things. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, then I'd I'd take some of that money. Whoa, I can't do that. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, no, um, what was I going to say about that? Um, Don't know. Come say hi to us on Facebook. Yeah, do that. Um, I, what have I got coming up? I don't know. Nothing. Nothing. Old age. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, Until next you. time, I'm Sam. <laughs> I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.